0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Today we'll be discussing light curing and some of the things we should be aware of regarding our curing light that might be affecting our clinical success. We'll also be discussing a brand new technology called Checkup by Blue Light Analytics that literally takes all the guesswork out of light curing. Our guest is Dr. John Flukey, a general dentist in private practice in Lee's Summit, Missouri. Dr. Flukey uses technology in every aspect of his practice and pushes his office to be on the leading edge. Dr. flukey it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks,
1: Phil. It's good to be here.
0: So a pretty important topic we're discussing today. Uh, I don't see a dentist in the world going to work at you know at any time where they're not going to be reaching for a curing light at some time during the day. Um And I guess a lot of these dentists out there have a lot of confidence in their curing light. That's why they're using it, but they might be missing things, and that's why we have you on the show today. Thanks for taking the time. So to begin, my first question is, why is it important to be testing your curing light?
1: Well, I think, you know, Phil, the interesting name of the curing light that I've said for quite some time now is the curing light is kind of like the stepchild of adhesive dentistry and, and what I mean by that is it's always around but nobody ever pays any attention to it and yet when things go wrong when we have clinical complications there's an entire series of, of things that could be wrong or things that need to be checked and one of the things that we tend to ignore is the curing light and yet uh, the curing light, is the piece of equipment that actually causes the whole process to complete itself. And so if your curing light is not working properly or is not uh, putting out a high enough output or uh, putting a proper wavelength out, then that can affect the restoration as far as it's curing. And then that can, you know, once again, that just becomes an entire avalanche of different problems that you can have. Um, from longevity, sensitivity, marginal breakdown, all kinds of things. So we really do need to be paying close attention to what the light does.
0: Now, I know there's probably not um, specific data out there, and it would be difficult to gather that data and put it into a paper and publish it. But what do you think, in your experience as a clinician and having so much experience in direct restoratives, what do you think is the percentage of cases where a restoration actually is under polymerized because of a curing light problem, I would
1: say um, that it's it's high. Um, people have problems with things um, such as sensitivity, um, longevity all those sort of things. And and I do know of, of one study uh, that was done back in 2009. It, it was at a period in the British Dental Journal. And what they did was they did a study of around a half a million restorations, and they tracked those over 11 years. And, and what they found was that 23% of those restorations failed after two years. Now, that's a pretty big number. And, of course, If they didn't measure exactly, you know, how many of those were attributable to the light, but you've got to think with as intrinsic as the light is to the process, that it's got to be a a fairly large number. And I have, uh, you know, anecdotal cases in my, my own experience of friends that have called and said, you know, all my composites are really sensitive. What do you think? And so I think it's a lot more common problem than dentists tend to think, especially because it's such a technique sensitive uh, part of dentistry that we're always thinking of things like, did I isolate it properly? Did I etch long enough? Could it perhaps be, uh, you know, my bonding material or my etchant or should I be, you know, a total etch or should I be doing a, uh, you know, a self etch? All these things that a lot of times because of all of those factors, we just don't think about the light. And, and once again, I think we really need to because the light does affect these things.
0: There's several issues at stake here. So we have under curing. We have possibly curing for too long a period of time. Correct. Could you go over the, the difference between the two? Obviously, it seems pretty obvious, but go over the ramifications of under curing. What happens when we under cure and is it a real thing? Is this is this very prevalent?
1: Yes, undercuring really does exist, and undercuring really is a, a significant problem. I think if you if you go in and you don't cure long enough, what happens is people end up with what I call candy composites, and, and what I mean by that is the, the old adage of crunchy on the outside and chewy on the inside. So if you don't have the light in the correct place or if the light isn't intense enough, what you end up with is the material that is close to the light will actually start to photopolymerize. And so it will appear to be set when you're done and you you sit down and you take your Explorer and you trace around the restoration. The, the restoration seems like it's set, but in reality perhaps it's set for a, a millimeter or a millimeter and a half on the surface, but all of the material underneath could be much less photopolymerized and that creates problems Uh, and and part of the problem with that is that if it's not polymerized fully that creates flex in the restoration so that when you uh are are loading that from the occlusal direction when people bite down you know they get sensitivity and if a patient walks into most dental practices and they say I had this filling done last week and gosh, doctor, every time I bite on something hard or or really, you know, sticky and chewy, uh, the tooth hurts. The doctor almost always defaults to the idea of, Oh, well, that's got to be related to the occlusion. And so we check the occlusion, and oftentimes you don't see any occlusal discrepancy, but we'll adjust it anyway just to make sure. And in reality, what's going on is, or potentially what could be going on, is because of the lack of polymerization of the composite, When there is occlusal pressure placed on that material, the material that isn't fully polymerized has a little bit of a give to it microscopically, and that creates pressure on the dentinal tubules at the base of the restoration. And that causes the pulp to then fire and give a pain response. And that's something that's very difficult to simply gauge from a clinical perspective with a mirror and an explorer. Um, There's also the aspect of when those restorations are under cured like that they do move slightly when they're loaded occlusally and that creates problems because you get flexure at the margins and you begin to get marginal breakdown of course marginal breakdown doesn't need to become too large to the point that you get a small gap that can then be filled with bacteria that can cause recurrent decay so it is a real thing to not cure well enough one of of the other problems that we run into with under curing is that people will get they, they think that the lights are so powerful now that I can sort of just get in the neighborhood and so if I'm close to the composite and I hit the composite switch and it comes on that that'll be adequate but in reality the further you move away from the composite you know your target the more you move away, the less intense that light becomes. And so it doesn't take very far for you to be off target and then create crunchy on the outside, chewy on the inside. So, you know, it's really important as well to make sure that you get the light right where you want it to be and you keep it there the entire time that the light is firing. Because otherwise, if you move it away, once again, you can end up with things that look cured, but in reality aren't.
0: Now, we talked about under-curing, and again, just to our listeners, uh, we are going to be talking about a, a solution to this, right? We're going to be talking about there is a product out there that you're going to be talking about that can actually test your light, and we're going to go into that very shortly, but before we go into that, can you cure for too long?
1: You can't really cure for too long um, as far as a problem with the composite itself, but what you can do is you can overheat the tooth no matter what light you're using these days all of the lights on the market do put out some heat and some heat is not really a big thing but i know that there are some uh, some schools of thought out there that say if i need to cure for 10 seconds i'll just pick a number and and 10 seconds is good then probably 60 seconds would be 6 times as good and so i'm just going to make sure that i cure several times and I know then that I can't over polymerize the material, so if I just you know cure multiple times, that helps solve that problem and and the the trade off on that is you can certainly do that as long as you give the tooth a little bit of time to rebound and cool off. Otherwise, the tooth becomes, in electronics, they call it a heat sink, which is, uh, you know, a material that just absorbs the heat. And as the tooth gets warmer and warmer and warmer, that can lead to sensitivity long term because a pulpal increase of five degrees centigrade is enough to cause inflammation of the pulp. Now, that That doesn't mean pulpal necrosis, it doesn't mean irreversible pulpitis, but it does mean a reversible type pulpitis that might cause you pain for different situations of chewing, for instance, loading occlusally, um, temperature differences, you're drinking something cold and suddenly it zings, and that may all be directly related to the fact that the tooth was overheated by simply being, you know, being exposed to too much energy and cured for too long. So that's what you need to be aware of with that is you can cure multiple times as long as you wait a couple of, you know, couple of seconds or three seconds in between cure cycles, maybe spray some air or spray some water on the tooth in between those cycles just to dissipate the heat. But heat is really the enemy of the over-curing process and more from a biological problem than a, a problem with the material.
0: What is the most effective way to understand your curing light and um, the materials that you're using to get better restorative success?
1: Coming in this full circle, because you said we were going to discuss a product, there is a uh, really interesting product that I have uh, been working with for a little bit of time now called, uh, the company's called Blue Light Analytics, and the product from Blue Light is called Checkup. It's a really, really interesting uh, device and it really will change the way you look at your curing. It not only is a digital radiometer, so it does measure the output of your light in milliwatts per square centimeter, but the, the smart folks at Blue Light Analytics have gone so far as to compare lights and the output of those lights to the different brands of composite on the market so for instance if you happen to be uh, you know using let's say uh, Ultradent Velo for instance just because it's a fairly popular light and you're using maybe two or three different types of composite maybe Philtech Supreme, uh, Kerr Harmonize and maybe Mosaic from Ultradent um, when you go and you place your curing light on the checkup device you tell the device in the setup I am using an Ultradent Velo, and these are the materials that I use in my practice, and you quite literally go through and mark off the three brands and and types of materials that you're using. And then you turn the light on, and you place it over uh, the radiometer port, and then CheckUp connects uh, via Bluetooth to your smartphone. And it gives you a report back on your phone saying your light has you know the following intensity you know 2,000 milliwatts per square centimeter or you know whatever that light happens to be putting out and then this is the real genius because there's a lot of radiometers that will tell you the brightness of your light but then the real amazing killer part of this app to me is that checkup will then say and for harmonize, shade A2, you should be curing for 10 seconds. Uh, shade A4, which is darker, you should cure for 15 seconds because darker composites, the light doesn't penetrate as well. And so the curing photons don't go as deep in darker composites as they do in lighter composites. So not only does the checkup device tell you how strong your light is, but it tells you how your light is interacting with the restorative materials in your practice and it allows you to tailor make your curing process to work perfectly with each individual material and each shade of that material in your practice. So it eliminates the guesswork. And, and when we were talking uh, just a little while ago about over curing, uh, like I said, a lot of people will say, well, I know that the manufacturer says I should cure for 10 seconds. So if I just cure several more 10 second increments, that takes care of the problem but you do have the risk of overheating the tooth. By using checkup, you know exactly what your light's doing and what it's doing to that particular brand and shade, so that allows you to know, I don't need to cure for a minute. I can cure for 15 seconds, and that's going to be exactly what I need. So it takes all the guesswork out of it, and it also allows you to track the output of your light over time and if your light does start to degrade and lose intensity, checkup will then in the report tell you, now we feel that you should be curing in you know, 20-second increments or whatever the case may be. So it uses all of this information and all the math behind it to create for you an exact recipe that you can follow for the pure, perfect cure every time.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an amazing technology. And given what you said in the beginning of this podcast, how important curing light is to the success of a final restoration when we're working with composite restoratives, it seems like every dentist should have this app. The uh, information, if you're interested on this particular technology, can be found at bluelightanalytics.com. So that's bluelightanalytics.com slash checkup. So you can just find it off their homepage, but uh, they have a very nice website that covers a lot of the information regarding this product called Checkup, and it's very unique. It, I don't think anything like this exists, and that's why we decided to include it in this podcast. Um, Dr. Flukey, thank you very much for your insight on light curing. You put a little fear into our listeners, to not in a bad way, but in a way where they can be very careful when they're curing to make sure that uh, they're getting everything cured at the bottom of that restoration.
1: I appreciate that. It's it's one of those things where we've never had a technology like this before, and that's the reason I think that the light hasn't been as big a focus for for clinical practice as it should have been. Is simply that we didn't have a way to know is it working, is it not. Now that we have this. And the amount of information that you can get from this and, and even just lights can vary even as, as the day carries on as the battery power in your cordless devices changes throughout the day from taking it off the charger or putting new batteries in first thing in the morning, even to the end of the day, you can make little changes in things. And, and now we have a way to measure that. And that's just phenomenal. I'm, I'm really excited about this because I think it will make clinical dentistry easier and and less stressful for the doctor and and obviously you're going to get better restorations for the patient and that's what we're all after every time
0: yes absolutely well said thanks again dr fluke you appreciate your time and hope to have you on a future podcast soon
1: thanks bill very much i appreciate it thanks for having me